Josh, we have made it. March is coming to a close, and opening day is just a few days away. Welcome back to Calling Our Shot. This is the fifth episode of the podcast. My name is William Harris. Right alongside me is my co-host, Josh Lindsay, and our producer, Cappy. Boys, it is finally here. I mean, that was an electric opening. I didn't know you were going to do that. That was an electric opening. I thought it was great. What's up, everybody? Uh, glad to be back. Episode five. Couldn't be happier. Uh, how are we doing today, Cap? Sports. A man of few words. All right, so let's get dive into it right now. Luke Voigt. Terrible news. We found out a few a couple days ago. Partial torn meniscus. He's out about a month. Hopefully May. That's what Aaron Boone said. Probably not June. He said more towards May. Uh, and that also means that Jay Bruce and Mike Talkman have made the team. Yeah, I mean, it's just every year with this. We can't get rid of this injury bug. We're going good. None of the big hitters have been really hurt yet. And all of a sudden we get this news about um, Luke Voigt going to the I.L. Can we just stop this? Like, I don't remember. We were talking about it yesterday. I don't remember the Yankees being this injury prone ever until like recently. And now it's like every year that it's consistent. We think we're going to go in now spring training with a, basically a full lineup, a full team. We're ready to go. And you have this happen a week, not even a week before the season starts. It sucks. But I mean, I like the idea to keep Bruce and Talkman on. Um, Bruce can play first base. He gives a little lefty lineup. So at least it'll balance out the lineup a little, but it, it just sucks. Like Luke Voigt was such a big part of this team was going to have such a great year coming off such a phenomenal year. I thought it was going to continue, and we just get this, and it's like, come on. Now, like, I don't want to, like, question Aaron Boone or anything, but injuries have happened at the start of his tenure. You didn't see this with Girardi or anything, but I don't know if that correlates with anything. I'm not accusing a Boone of just being soft with the players, and all these training regiments are total bullshit that causes these injuries, but I, what, how do you explain that? I mean, I think it's because when Aaron Boone also got here, the team got infinitely bigger. And I think bigger guys are more prone to injury. Guys like Voigt were brought in. Guys like Stanton were brought in. When you have, like, Achilles-esque muscles, there's already tightened. Like, you don't have a lot of room for bending and everything. So I think that plays a big role, but I, I don't know. They redid the entire training staff two years ago. It hasn't worked off. I do not understand it, and it's just like, hey, kicking the gonads right before the season starts. I'm glad it's only, like, a month, so... It's not the worst thing in the world, but and it does give like this roster a little more like of a delay, even though we got rid of Voight, like to make these decisions on Bruce or Talkman, which will come in a month from now, when because we were deciding about this last week, and of course it gets pushed back another month, and we'll have to wait and see with Voight. Yeah, and it's just like two weeks in a row we lose two key pieces of the team for months plus time. We lose Britain last week, we lose Voight this week, and it's like, can we just stop? Can we just go and play games? This Yankee team is good enough, as we'll get into it later with our playoff predictions. They're good enough to win a World Series. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think there's any doubt in any baseball expert's mind. But it's just like they can't stay healthy. And it's like if you have one season with this team where no one gets a major injury, they might be the best team. In the, they, they will be the best team. In the I'm entranced by Odubel Herrera's PC principal sunglasses. And we are watching the last spring training game between the Yankees and the Phillies. It's currently in the bottom of the second. No score. Corey Kluber on the mound. <clears throat> and just the Yankees will – do we know when they're going to go back to New York? It's probably after probably, a couple days, right? I would say probably stay in Tampa tomorrow, maybe the next day after that. Get a few days in New York before. Yep. So moving on to the next uh, piece of business, um, the Yankees lost an important member of their 
Yankee family. Dr. Bobby Brown passed away at the age of 97. Um, he was a World War II vet and a Korean vet and a member of five World Series championship teams. The Yankees released a statement saying the Yankees mourn the passing of Dr. Bobby Brown, a member of five Yankee championship teams, World War II and Korean War veteran, president of the American League from 1984 to 94, practicing uh, cardiologist and a fan favorite at Old Timers Day. We send our condolences to his family and loved ones. Yeah, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to the Bobby Brown family. Um, it sucks to lose such a proud Yankee, such a prominent Yankee, and a guy who really lived such an incredible life. Uh, won several World Series, was a war veteran, a, car- a respected cardiologist, and then president of the AL. Uh, obviously death is something you never want, um, and we we really send our thoughts and prayers out to his family in this, these tough times. 96. Uh, he lived a great and wonderful life. 97 years old. Uh, no, yeah, 97 years old. He w- lived a great and wonderful life, and it's it's really sad to see stories like this, but unfortunately they happen sometimes in life. I didn't even know he was the president of the American League. But, yeah, for 10 years. Yeah. And he, like, really reached out throughout baseball, like, he, as a cardiologist, as just, a per, like, a great member of the Yankee family that goes on notice and sometimes because he's not a player, like, but he definitely contributed a lot to this franchise. Yeah, definitely a sad day for the Yankees family. Yep. And uh, moving on to the roster moves now for as spring training is diving to a close. Uh, David Garcia has been optioned to AAA. Um, Torinos and Dietrich have been released. And Tyra Wade has stayed on the roster once again. Okay, so let's break these down one by one because we're going to get into Tyra Wade a little after yes. this. So, Start, Garcia. Yeah, starting with Debbie Garcia. It really sucks because he was phenomenal in spring training. He had one rough outing and came this week. Uh, we'll obviously get into it a little later when we do our game breakdowns. But it it's tough to see a guy like that get sent down who really worked for it and showed that he should have been on the team. Um, but unfortunately, one bad start when guys like Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Harmon have zero ERAs, is that's what it's going to do to you. Uh, obviously, Debbie Garcia is going to be somebody we see – Throughout the year, um, the Yankees are already talking about how a six-man rotation, like we've talked about on several podcasts, they're probably going to start using a six-man rotation. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that if they they go to a six-man rotation, Debbie Garcia is the guy. So he is going to be an integral part of this team. Um, he's They told him to be ready at the alternate site because of that. So we'll obviously see Debbie. It's just it's tough to see the kid. But honestly, like he's a young kid. He'll get some work in, and he'll be right back with this team in no time. Um, it's just it's tough not to reward a guy who did so good in spring training when everyone else just happened to do immaculately. Like Debbie didn't do anything wrong. He had uh, just above a three ERA in any other baseball team. Really? That's going to be a starting job. It just happens that on the Yankees, he's going to have to wait a little. And we say this constantly too. This is just an element of the depth of this rotation and how many pitchers we do have available. Uh, Tyone, Herman, Kluber and Monty all looks pretty well throughout spring training, and Debbie was the worst of those three, and he wasn't even that bad. He struggled here at times. He struggled this week, which probably uh, made Boone's decision a lot more easier. But he'll be back. He'll be making oh, a bunch I mean, of starts during Yeah, and I would imagine he'll probably, if I had a guess, looking in my ball to the future, I would imagine Debbie Garcia is also going to be on the play- post-season, postseason roster. So he's obviously Debbie Garcia is going to be a guy we see a lot. He's going to be an integral part of this team. He's just not happening going to start with the team. And he's not going to make like 30 starts this year. That'll be down the road in future years. I say he still makes like 10 to 15 starts. Yeah. That's that's a fair point. I mean, listen, I've been talking about how they should be doing a six man rotation for weeks now. I I think it's smart and it's, it really, you don't lose anything with 
you don't really lose anything with Debbie Garcia being the sixth starter because he would be a top five starter in just about 90% of the ball clubs in the MLB. And he gets a bunch of innings, too, playing for AAA, too. So yeah. it's not like a bad thing, and he stays fresh and ready to go when, when called upon. And honestly, he might only be down there like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. This might be a... Who knows what the Yankee injury history like. Uh, moving on to... Uh, Trinos and Dietrich got Trinos and Dietrich, yes. Yeah, I mean, Trinos gets hurt. We didn't think he was going to make the team anyway, so uh, not a big thing. Derek Dietrich, I thought, had a shot, but he just had a rough spring. He, uh, he had a lot of strikeouts. He started off well, and he didn't play good enough to supplant Tyler Wade. And, oh, my God, is this guy bad at baseball. Now, I have some stats to prove how bad Tyler, ba- Tyler Wade is at baseball. So, if anyone's out As there As if thinking, you need it from the eye test alone. I know. But I want to back it up with some stats because maybe there's some people listening that are like, he can't be that bad. Now, in a stat in baseball, runs created and runs created plus, the awful to poor range ranges from, for runs created, uh, poor would be a 50 and awful would be a 40 based on the rest of the major league players. For runs created plus, poor would be a 75 and awful would be a 60. Tyler Wade currently sits at a runs created of grade of 36, which is less than the 40 awful category, and a runs created plus at 57, which is, again, less than the awful category at 60. This man is horrible. Horrible. And he is still going to be on the team because Derek Dietrich could not perform this spring. I do not understand it. I will never understand it. And I don't like him. I don't like him. It's really making me start to hate him as a human being because I don't want to see him in my life. And now, with the Luke Boyd injury, we are going to see him a whole lot more because they're going to put him at second. We're short to give some guys rest. And because Boyd's not going to be there, they're going to have to move DJ over to first, and he's going to get more games at second base. And, oh, my God, I am going to lose my mind if we're five games in and I see that man up in a big spot. It also contributes with like Anderhart's injury too, because that was another guy who could have been like uh, in the infield as well, but he got hurt with his arm. And <clears throat> Void getting hurt, yeah, he's he's going to play a lot more. Now, this is the exact reason why I wanted the Yanks to sign DD again. Like it just gives you that backup or shortstop. I oh over Tyler Wade. No. Okay. DD's too you. prominent of a player to he, he would have to play a lot more. Oh, you're the you don't have to play him as much. You're not going to play D.D. Gregorio. Well, you can. Like, you just move everyone around. It's not the big deal. You keep everyone fresh and healthy. Isn't that what the reason is? And he's a lefty bat with power. He's the most clutch hitter on the Yankees the past three years when he was on the team. Like, it just makes a lot more sense. Wait, what's he getting paid for? Listen, why do we have mil? to have Tyler Wade? Why does he have to be a baseball player? Why couldn't you go? He's a good-looking guy. Go model. I don't need to see you on my TV when I'm watching the Yankees. You're too good-looking. Go model for, like... Armani or something. Get all out of my life, please. I mean, I don't know why. Like, we're the Yankees. Like, you should have money and just sign anyone. He's getting paid $10 million on the Phillies, and we are stuck with Tyler Wade, who can't hit. Oh, he's just He's so only bad. known for his speed. That's it. It's, he's a slug up there. And he's, yeah, that's it. Uh, when pitchers see him, they're like, oh, auto out. Okay, let's go on to the next guy. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I and mean, he's had a few hits this spring training, and it's like, what does it matter? All right, moving on from Tarway because we can't talk about him for 30 minutes on this podcast. Uh, the Yankees have confirmed the rotation for the first five games, I believe. Yeah, it was six. 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 It was Cole, Kluber, Herman, Monty, Cole again, and then Tyone. 
And they're slow playing Tyone because of Tommy John surgery. That's what Aaron Boone said. And they might do that six-man rotation that Josh said with Garcia in the near. Yeah, I mean, I like the slow play. I think it's like I like we've talked about previously. There are some pitchers on this on this staff that have missed significant amounts of season, like a significant amount of last season. Domingo Herman missed all of last season. Jameson Tyon missed all of last season. Corey Kluber, I think he pitched like two or three games before missing it. So I like the idea there um, with the six man rotation, like I've said, and I also like that they're they're going to throw Cole out there as many times as they possibly can and. I'm all for it. Like yeah, it, it will be every five days. Every five days, Cole is going to pitch. Um, he will, he's been looking good this spring training. He started throwing more innings, so he's getting the pitch count up there. He'll probably be around 100 pitches for both those games. But, I mean, there's no real reason to rush a guy like Jameson Tyon. He's, you need him to be an important part of this team. And you don't – games in April and May aren't really that significant. You need him to be able to get find his strength and his stride come July, August. So we need him around for that. I like the idea of slow playing it. Does give me a little caution because when the Yankees all of a sudden do these wonky things with their players, uh, in the past it's been a very big red flag. We've heard really nothing about slow playing time until two days ago, and that's a red flag. It's like, come on, like what what, what was happening? Why why couldn't you say this earlier? But hopefully it's just I'm being a paranoid Yankee fan. I know I can get like that sometimes, but it, it was a little of a red flag. But I think it's a good idea. I like the basis behind it. Okay, being the more re- rational Yankee fan in this, on this podcast, I was shocked that I heard something like this, exactly like you said. Like, we never heard anything about Tyone being slow played. I think he pitched every five days for yeah, spring. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, in the past, we've heard guys like uh, Aaron Boone's like, oh, so-and-so's dealing with a little soreness, and then we don't see so-and-so for three months. And it's like, uh, what? Like, where did this come from? So that was a little bit of a red flag. I hope it's just a really good intention thing because I like the thinking behind it. But we, we're we going to have to see. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing. Um, they're going to come out with a rotation that's going to be really electric to watch. Uh, you got guys up and down that that are going to, I think, are going to have a lot of success. So we'll just have to wait to see on Ty and make his debut. But at the end of the day... As long as he's not hurt and it truly is just we want to slow play him and work him back from Tommy John, I, I can get that behind that 100%. This also signifies that there's not really a set two through five like lineup. I guess you could make the argument that Kluber's a two right now, but that we'll say the three through five is so fluctuated. like It's not even like a set number. Well, I don't even think you could say Kluber's the two because once Cole comes back, Cole is obviously the one. That is true. And, and then, then you Ty got Tyone. Yeah. That's right. The got- two. So it's like. For the Yankees, and I think it's really in baseball these days, that doesn't really matter. Like, your one, two, and three doesn't really matter until come playoff time. And you're also planning weeks ahead for yeah. competition, too. Yeah, and so it doesn't really matter come until come playoff time when you have, like, three guys you're going out there. This is your day, your day, your day. Um, so it's just the regular season. That's how it works. But honestly, you could make the argument that four of those guys could be the number two. I think it's Herman easily, but uh, that's but just I, me. But Monty's look phenomenal, too. Like, Monty could perform to a number two, and he could be the number two. And these are great problems to have when you think you are basically getting a, one of the best aces in baseball back halfway through the season. Yeah, Luis Severino. And it'll, it'll play itself out, as they always do. Yeah. Now we'll dive into the game by game. Josh was not happy about this going yeah, over these games. Yeah, what a terrible week. The Can Yankees we get lost, some wins in here? Oh, my God. The Yankees lost four times, tied once, and won one game yesterday. I mean, awful. Like, what are you doing for a whole week? Do you show up to the field and you're just like, oh, we're going to play terrible baseball today? You're the New York Yankees. Win the fucking games. 
you would think it's like the middle, dog days of August with how you're talking and not the third week of March. I have a question for both of you. Does a tie piss you off more than a loss? Because it kind of does for me. I don't like seeing ties. I understand it's spring training and it happens, but like, finish the game. <laughs> yeah, imagine that like goes into the regular season with like Manfred and all his new Oh, I would, I would lose it. No, they would imagine never do what ties. would happen with that. No, they would never do ties in baseball. Will we turn into soccer? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so I, I get ties in spring training though. No, I yeah, get yeah, it, yeah, but obvious, I just, yeah. I don't like it. It's like, it's like one of those things in sports, like. I don't like ties in the NFL season. Like it's just like these games shouldn't end in a tie. Like why are we ending in a tie? No game whatsoever should end in a tie. No, that's why why the game is being played. Yeah. A winner and a loser. <laughs> yeah, it's quite simply that. So it's game one. Phillies they beat the Yanks four nothing. We only had two hits and both by Stanton. Yeah, I mean Stanton's looked good all spring. Uh, we've said it several times. We'll continue saying it. Well, I guess this will be the last time we talk about it in spring, thankfully. But um, hopefully we continue saying it throughout the regular season. Uh, The guy looks like a different batter up there. He's looked like a different batter since we had the playoffs last year when he was just hitting everything in sight, hitting it out of the ballpark. Uh, I think he's really picked up his confidence. I think for the first time he really feels truly comfortable in a Yankee uniform. I think the, the, like, aura of, like, oh, big market, New York Yankees, uh, now worth – Two billion time, two billion more than the next baseball team, uh, according to Forbes. So I think that's worn off. He's kind of used to the, the rigmarole that comes along with being a Yankee, and he just looks like a confident player up there. Uh, he looks like a type of guy that like had that had that MVP season where he hits fifty nine home runs. So um, yeah, it, it sucks to get two hit though. Like come on, and that was like a mostly full lineup. Like, that was basically the entire lineup that's going to be starting opening day, and we get two hits? Like, what are we doing out there? But you know what? Tyon, um, Jameson Tyon looked good. He pitched two and, uh, two and two-thirds, gave up five hits, but only one run. It was an earned run. Had five Ks, lowered his ERA to a 1.08. He has s- s- quietly put up a really great spring. Uh, it was nice to see him get more work in there as they're trying to build him back up. Uh, Chad Green had a little rough time in that game, um, but I mean overall he doesn't look too bad. And then Chapman had uh, continue. He's had only one bad performance, which was later in the week. But other than that, he has looked lights out in that game. Uh, and then another underrated player that's had a pretty great swing, Darren O'Day, has been quietly really good in the back end of that. Yeah, we'd play. never heard of him. Yeah, and that's probably the best thing for a reliever, and, and that's important because in that game Justin Wilson goes down. Yes, with shoulder tightness and. He it wasn't that big of an issue, according to Boone. Like he's only throwing fastballs right now in his um, his entry update, like his program throwing program he's doing. That's what they call it. And he should they're questionable for opening day, so it shouldn't be. I mean, I'd say a week after it. That's, yeah, that's and I mean because of that now, and, and the injury to Britain, we have the Chapman suspension that first game. Darren O'Day quietly becomes a big piece of this bullpen. Absolutely, and his spring is just giving me confidence that when he goes out there, he's going to be effective. He was effective last year in Washington. He has that funky arm though, that throws batters off rhythm. So I, I'm really, I really like what I'm seeing out of Darren O'Day continued in that game. And it will continue later in the week as well. Yes. And going back on Tyone for one more uh, point here, those five hits in two and two thirds, the only one run like that just bodes well for him. He could do those pressure situations, get out of trouble. And that's kind of like a regular season simulation type of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you like to see the strikeout numbers getting up. Uh, I think that was the most strikeouts he had in any outing. Yeah. So it's just good stuff from Tyon. He's looked, he's had a consistent spring. hasn't looked too, hasn't had any really bad starts. So I'm very confident in Tyon. And as long as the slow play is exactly what it says it is, I have no, I, I really have all the confidence in the world in this yeah, guy. Yeah, six months regular season. Might as well do it. Yeah. You can. Uh, moving on to the next game, we saw a tie. As we, as I said earlier, uh, the Yankees tied with the Detroit Tigers, uh, tied five for five. What are your thoughts on that game, Will? Oh, Talkman looked really well. He stood out to me, and now that we he's on the team, or at least for a month, he he's going to be a big part of this Yankee um, outfield rotation, basically. Yeah, we've seen Talkman for Talkman for years. It's nice to get a lefty bat in there. He's a plus defender, and he is like last year he didn't hit too well, but the year before he was phenomenal. So we want to see Talkman kind of even that out. I don't think he is the player that he was in um, twenty eighteen when they came out, and or twenty nineteen when they came out, and was just it was every man was going down, and he was just playing out of his mind. I don't think he's that, but I definitely think he's a lot better than he was last year. I think throughout spring he's shown that he's in that middle range, and that's all you really need from a guy that's like at most of your fifth outfielder. And now with <clears throat> Voigt going down, you basically have like three center fielders with Hicks, Gardy, and Talkman. They all could play that position. So it's kind of good on the defensive side of the ball. And, like, we did lose Voigt, so that sucks. But, like, defensively in the outfield, we don't have to bring Stanton out there right now. We could leave these guys in and have a lot more, like, balanced playing time. So I watched that Tigers game in full of the 5-5 draw. Um, I watched it. It was the Tigers' feed. I actually really enjoyed listening to those announcers. They were, they were good. Um, Yankees couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. They went like three for 18. Um, and that's a problem they've had the last few years. I know they struggled with that last year, so I'm hoping that doesn't carry over. Yeah, exactly. Like They they have that boom or bust lineup minus Hicks LeMay, and LeMahieu, basically. But I, I don't really I don't really take too much into that because throughout spring training, however, they have been really good with runners in scoring position. So obviously, like the game of baseball, you're going to have those days where it's just you struggle with running in scoring in scoring position. It is a red flag, but I think they've been consistent enough throughout spring training with being good at getting runners in when they're in scoring position. That is, I don't really put too much confidence. I don't really put too much weight into it. Yeah. What I did want to say, do want to say about that game though, is Corey Kluber. Looked very shaky in that game, and I my confidence in him came down a little. He ended with a line of three and two thirds pitch, three hits, one run. Oh, never mind. This is the wrong game. I'm a moron. No, it's the Kluber game. He his fastball velocity was down. Five five. Yeah, he just. He, I don't think he hit ninety. He like yeah. He, he was like, struggling to hit ninety. He had three fastball. walks too. And here he is now with bases loaded, one out. Yeah, his final line was three and two-thirds, three hits, no earned. Three walks is kind of an issue, four Ks, but... It was the velocity. The velocity was down. It was throwing, like, 92 before that. Yeah, the line wouldn't, like, usually say, like, how, like, shaky of a start that was, but, like, on the eye test, you're like, okay, this this looks like something wrong with him. I was was shocked we didn't get, like, an injury update, like, a couple of days after the fact. And then um, a a bright spot about that game, however, is somebody we've talked about who is now going to... Oh my God, Corey Kluber! Well, that just bounced in him. No, he hit him. What are we? I think it bounced and hit him, but I think that still counts as a fifth batsman. See, this is what I'm talking about. This, this is shaky. He does not look. He might. Here he be has 57 problem. pitches in the bottom of the third, one out, and base loaded already run in. Yeah, that's not. 
for our two starter apparently in quotation marks like um, shake who has two starts yeah but a bright spot in that game and a guy that is now gonna I would imagine is going to be in the rotation Nick Nelson looked great in that game uh, finished with two innings pitch one hit one run an earned run one walk and three strikeouts but, in the bullpen right yeah both yeah. in the bullpen he looked great in that game uh, the stuff was moving. He was honestly, he got a lot of swings and misses. The strikeout numbers are a little low considering he faced seven batters. I mean, three is not too bad. But there was a guy who's whiffing at a lot of pitches. He looked, he was a bright spot in that game that I definitely wanted to highlight. And we've talked about him the last few weeks, how good he's been. And with Britain down, he needs someone to step up. And it looks like he's stepping up in the spring so far. We'll see in the regular season. Moving on to the Blue Jays' uh, 5 nothing loss. Uh, Gardy, Gary and Gardy had two hits each, and Davey struggled uh, for three innings, seven hits, four earned, two walks, and two Ks. That made Boone's decision a lot more easier. Yeah, this is definitely the game that led to – he was uh, optioned down to AAA yep. immediately after the game. Um, so this was definitely the game where one of the three between Jordan Montgomery, Domingo Herman, and Debbie Garcia just had a flinch and so show some sign of weakness. Unfortunately, Debbie Garcia was the guy that did first, hence he gets sent down. But overall, like he wasn't, he still wasn't that bad. He, that was just a, an average start. I don't want to like bag on the guy for being like, oh, a terrible start. No, it was an average start. But the problem is, you just got outpitched by two guys that are having some of the best springs of anyone in baseball. Yeah, the Yankees. This rotation, like aside from Kluber, the past two outings. Like you said, the rotation looks pretty solid, and one bad performance might be to believe that you're the odd man out in this rotation. Also in that game, Gary Sanchez. Oh, my God, Corey Kluber. That was the first game. Man. You better ball throw him out. <laughs> and he is safe. Right. This team is dog shit. Can you relax? It's the last game of spring. You didn't win the game. You're the New York Yankees. Okay, I will give you a pass when once April starts, but... Enough right now. <laughs> we, should just, we should just rename the podcast, Win the Game, You're the New York Yankees. Uh, and then Gary Sanchez in that game had uh, two hits. He, however, mm-hmm. both hits, I want to say, I know one for sure because I watched the first half of the game, went opposite field, and that is a sign of good things to come with Gary. Uh, I, he's, he cooled off a little from the hot start he had in spring training. Batting average fell down a little, but he has consistently been putting the ball to right center field, and that, by all accounts, that's when you know you have a good Gary. Exactly. So I really like what I'm seeing out of Gary. Yeah, it's like that uh, double in the gap he had against the Astros in that like big seventh inning comeback. Just that's the typical hit I want every time from him. I have a, I have a comment on this game from a more logistical standpoint. Although they haven't been airing every game because I think it has to do with the home and away teams. Yes. I really like the way that I really like the way that Yes Network is doing their programming. So that game they had uh, Kay LaGreca and Rosenberg call it for three innings. And I know they had the game with Sterling and Kay. They had two. Wait, they called it from like yeah. Kay and LaGreca called three innings. That sounds pretty cool. LaGreca did some play by play. It was pretty entertaining. It was basically Michael Kay show, but they were calling the Yankees. What was Rosenberg? Is he an analyst? Or? It was actually really funny. Rosenberg's his his headset wasn't working, so they were just making fun of him the whole time. Um, but yeah, uh, back to the point. They, yes, Network, yes Network has been pretty creative with their programming with the Sterling and Kay, and then the, the Michael Kay show, and then they're also doing the eight man booth again for um, opening day on Thursday. They have Kay, O'Neill, Morakovic, Flaherty. It's all of them. Flaherty. Yeah, they have all eight of them. So that's going to be interesting. That is pretty. I cool. believe I, they did that last year as well. They did. Yeah. Um, also, another bullpen piece that I 
think is probably going to make the team now. Uh, Luke Sludage also continued his pretty dominant postseason uh, spring training uh, run, minus that one game when we were recording. When we were recording. Yeah, yeah, when we were recording. On Sunday. Yeah. A little podcast bump. A little podcast bump in the wrong direction, but uh, <laughs> he continued to spring it. Um, had another strikeout in that game. Uh, one walk, but again, no hits. Uh, he's looked good, and I really think that he has an opportunity to make this bullpen now with all the injuries, especially if they want to put Wilson on a thing like a 10-day IL um, just so he can build up that arm strength again, get the pitch repertoire back. Uh, Lucas Ludic should be in the uh, the bullpen. He if, definitely performed that way because yeah. he had a sub-2 ERA. Yeah, one 1.93, so. He's played his way through. We'll, he'll definitely be in the conversation. I'm sure Aaron Boone like, won't like forget about him. Like, yeah, no. Like I think he he could be a valuable arm in that pen, especially if Britain down. And moving on to the Phillies, thirteen and twelve loss. That was a crazy game. Judge Torres and Gittens had home runs. Gittens has like four home runs this spring, by the way. Yeah, what is he's a young Johnny Bench or something? He, he, what are we doing, Corey Kluber? Another walk. Uh, Michael King went two and a third. Five hits, seven earned, two walks, and this has been his spring training, very up and down. Oh, they're getting him out of there. Good. You get him out of there. This is a problem. This is going to be a problem. It's not good right now, that's for sure. Corey Kluber, 66 pitches, pitches two and two-thirds, gives up two runs, and I think he has like four walks. Is Wheeler hurt? I don't know what happened. Wheeler. No, he was a guest for them. He was a guest for them. We don't have the sound on. Corey, oh, God. Now, back to Michael King's stats. Uh, he went two and a third, five hits, seven earned, two walks, that 13-12 loss against the Phillies, up and down spring training. I mean, he was awful in that game. I don't see how you could carry him in the bullpen. I'd rather have a guy like Nick Nelson. I'd rather have Ludage. Darren O'Day, obviously. I'd rather have a guy who actually looked good in that game. Uh, Jonathan Weisiger, he pitched three innings, two hits, gives up one run. A two strikeouts, but he has a 1.35 ERA. Mike King has not been good throughout spring training. I don't know how he makes the team because you're going to have to – are you really going to tell me Lucas Ludage isn't a more valuable piece right now than Michael King? Michael King is throwing Frisbees out there that get hit a billion miles away. I mean, what are you going to do when you have three valuable harms on basically well, – not the IL, but hurt like Justin Wilson, Clark Schmidt, and Zach Britton? The Phillies almost got 99.9% win percentage in that game. They were up 12-6 to six in the top of the ninth, and the Yankees tied it up at 12. Yeah, also, got a lot of these guys in the back end of those games are not going to make the Yankees team, but they've had several comebacks in the bottom of the ninth. They had, uh, last week, they had a game where in the top of the ninth, they scored four runs. They scored six runs in the top of this. Um, so these minor league players, like they don't mess around. It's like, good for their confidence. Yeah, too. no, it is. And then moving on to the next game, uh, we got the Orioles. God, the lowly Orioles. Uh, they beat they beat the Yankees four to one. And before we start talking about this game, he didn't play in this game, but it was just announced this week that Matt Harvey is going to be the number two starter for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I saw that. Oh my God! I mean, this team is horrible. If that's if he's your second best picture, like this team is horrible. Uh, he didn't play in that game, however. Um, Remind me, who's their ace again? Do, do we even know? John Means. Means. John, John Means. Means. Okay, Means, thank yeah. you. Uh, I don't know why I forgot that. John Means is. Yeah, because it's the Orioles. Uh, Judge had a hit in that game. Uh, Esteban Florial scored a uh, run that then game. Then we had three hits. Yeah, we only had three. Gary Sanchez, that was another hit the opposite way. Also good news. 
Um, and, and Chapman had that horrible inning. Yeah, that three, was three or runs, right? Yeah, that was he. That was his lone bad outing of the out of spring. So I don't put too much into it. it it's going to happen sometimes. Um, the big story in that game, though, is Garrett Cole looked good. Uh, he, five in five and two thirds innings. Um, two hit, two hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, and five Ks. He looked great. I know the the Orioles are not a good team, but just as watching watching Garrett Cole pitch and just dominate baseball teams is honestly like watching poetry be written. And you can it's see like those beautiful. two hits, he gets mad too. He's yeah, such a perfectionist. He, he's me. He's me if I were like a lot better at baseball. <laughs> I mean, the guy, dude, the guy, the guy could be like throwing seven innings, no hit ball. His team could be winning by ten, and he gives up one hit, and he's pissed. He gave up one hit. Like that's like you getting like a ninety nine on the law test. Like, damn, where's that? Uh, yeah, one? I wish, but like, <laughs> no, like I just the mentality behind Garrett Cole just tells you everything you need to know. He's going to be a star for a long time. He's going to be a dominant pitcher because you don't have to. The manager doesn't have to push Garrett Cole to do better. Garrett Cole hates doing things that are just normal. Like giving up a hit in a baseball game is normal, and Garrett Cole hates it. Yeah, I love him to death, man. Yeah, you don't need to push Garrett Cole. He could push himself, and he'll have that effect on other teammates and other people in the rotation as well. And then finally, the last game of the week, we finally get a win. Um, big story coming out of this game. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays 5-1. to one. Glaber Torres looks locked in. He's ready. Ready for opening day. Uh, had three hits, a double, two home runs. Uh, one of them was a moonshot. The second one, the two-run home run, was a moonshot. He looks ready, and we need Glaber Torres to go back to that, to really get back to that superstar level that he was getting to um, before last season. Last season, I think, is going to be an outlier. This guy is a young player. I think he's going to be one of the best young players in baseball. I think it's only a matter of time before he's one of the best players in baseball. I really think this season he's going to take a step forward and kind of start knocking on the door in that conversation. It feels like he's been playing forever, too. I, it's like kind of weird saying he's a young guy still. Like, was this his third year in the MLB? Yeah, and then another guy who feels like he's been around forever and is still very young, Esteban Florio played a great game. Uh, he's been a Yankees prospect. We've been talking about. He's been over 300. Spring. Yeah, he's been 308. Uh, he had four at-bats in the game, two hits. He is fast. He's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Um, not faster than Todd Wade? Oh, by a million. If he played the infield, he'd be on the game. On the team. <laughs> Dude, not this past, not last spring training, mm-hmm. but the spring training before, he went from first to third on a pass ball. Jeez, that's pretty good. Uh, that's insane. Wish I could do that. I could barely why get the second on that. Why not try the uh, Andujar, see if he can play third experiment? Esteban Florio is a true outfielder. I don't think he can play third. Hey, if you want to make the team, grab a glove. Go I, well, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be the center fielder after, like, Hicks. Perhaps a trade chip. Uh, Mike, I don't know. I don't know if they – they would have traded him by now. Like, they've, they're high on him. And he's still very young. Like, I think he's only, like, 20. He is not the center fielder after Hicks. Who, Foriel? No, oh, it's Jason Dominguez. I don't think Jason Dominguez is going to play center field. Well, we'll have to see in a couple of years. I don't think they want to put him in center field. He's more prone to injury in center field. I suppose. And he's also a five-tool player that you could put anywhere on the field. So I mean, yeah. I guess Mike Trout plays <clears throat> Another tidbit on that game, Mike Ford hit a home run, and Shasheen went two and two-thirds. He's actually looked pretty decent this spring. He's not going to make the team. No, it's just good like to have someone just in case. He'll make a few starts during the year, like spot starts, 
that's what Aaron Boone does. Like, and I'm sure there's going to be some injuries along the road. But it's good to have him, like, actually performing. Yeah, well. and it, I, honestly, you feel for a guy like Mike Ford, too. Like, Luke Voigt gets hurt, and there was no question about Ford making the team, even though he was, like, the backup first. But they team. had to sign Jay Bruce. Yeah, like, they, so they were like, oh, we... Jay Bruce will play first. So you feel like that, he goes four for four. But overall, he has not had a great spring coming off a bad year. So you understand it. It just It's nice to see Ford go four for four. He, if you've ever seen him in an interview, he is, like, a really great guy. Really smart guy went to Princeton, but you know we got to highlight him because he did good. But it's just I don't think we're going to see a lot of Mike Ford this year. Who knows? Maybe we'll tear it up in AAA and we'll see him practically soon, hopefully soon. But bearing any injury, of course. Yeah. And speaking of injuries, we go to injury update. Uh, Clark Schmidt was placed on his 60-day IL with that right elbow strain. Justin Wilson, as I stated earlier, had shoulder tightness and he's only throwing fastball so far. Zach Britton also is a June return at best-case scenario, according to MLB.com. And and then the Luke Voigt situation we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, Clark Schmidt, I thought he was going to come back a little uh, a little earlier, but you know that you're not going to rush anything with the elbow. Zach Britton being out till June at the earliest sucks. It just sucks. Just for one year. Can we just not do this, please? Like, it's, it just, it's, I'm so, in such despair. Like, why? None of, no, like, no one gets hurt like the New York Yankees. And it just sucks. And then, um, Wilson, I'd imagine he'll probably get an IL, like a 10-day IL stint once the season starts so they can have another bullpen arm. It wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. unless That's still the minimum, right? Yeah. Okay. And unless they really think that Wilson is only, like, three or four games away from getting it back, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to not put him on the IL because then it's just a wasted bullpen It's spot. a wasted roster spot. Yeah, and, and you already are, like, that first game, then you're down to, like, six bullpen pitchers. Yeah. Because you don't have uh, Chapman, so. Listen, they're smart enough to realize that, too. We're not the only ones that, that know that. Yeah, well, you know, they weren't smart enough to realize that Jay Happ shouldn't come in after Debbie Garcia last year. Or just decide, oh, we're just going to take uh, Tyone slowly here in the beginning of April. Oh, also something we talked about um, in depth between the three of us that I wanted to mention. While we, while I'm high on Lucas Ludage, I don't like that he looks like Jay Happ. Oh, yeah. He, it's like a combination of Happ and like Paxton a little bit. So. I, Paxton I'm fine with, but I saw, him, I saw him for the first time and I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I think we said at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like Jay Happ has just poisoned me. So, um, just like an interesting note, but uh, he obviously is a lot better than Jay Happ. So, okay, so that rounds out our injury update, and we will dive into what we uh, foreshadowed last uh, episode: our full playoff predictions. Josh, do you want to start off with the AL? Yeah. So, um, with the top spot in the AL, I think the Yankees are going to win the most games in the AL. I think they're going to take that number one seed. I think they're going to be followed by the Chicago White Sox. Um, then I think the Astros, because they're going to win the division. I don't think the Astros are going to win as many games as the next two uh, wildcard teams, but because it goes division winners and then wildcard winners. Um, I then have the Twins in the first wildcard spot and the Rays in the second wildcard spot with the Jays being the odd team out. I think they're going to finish a game or two behind. Yeah. What do you got for the uh, Before I state mine, we have right now MLB's plan is 10 teams. It is unofficial. They could make a deal that it is those 
I think they'll end up doing six and six, similar to last year. Yeah, I think so. Like, what they do? Eight? They eight, eight and eight. Yeah. I think they'll end up doing six this year. I think they'll add, like, one more. I don't know. Like, it's so, like, weird how it's not official. Like, baseball's got to stop. Well, last year, they, last year they announced it the night before the season started. Yeah, that was also, like, COVID-related. This is a full season, and they still haven't done that. They didn't even declare the DH thing, I don't think. Well, it's not going to be. No, they don't have a DH. You, did they declare that officially? Or they were like, I feel like they would have. Yeah, I, they they should if games are being played in a few days. Yeah, but I have, I agree with the. Oh, and just before we move yeah. on, then yeah, uh, if they do decide to make it eight and eight like last year, we will just redo this. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, I have the Yanks <clears throat> um, top in the AL, and they're going to be uh, facing the wild card winner, of course, and the uh, Twins and A's in the, that DS two three spot. I'm not high on the Astros whatsoever. We talked about this before. A wild card, um, I got the Jays and the White Sox. And then moving over to the NL before we break it down team over team. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to be the top team in the West. I would imagine you have the same. Yes, I do. Uh, and then I think they're going to be followed by the Braves and then the Cardinals. I think the Braves-Cardinals could switch pretty easily. I think they're going to win about the same amount of games. Um, but I just think the Braves have a better rotation, so I gave them the edge. Yep. Um, and then... I have a little bone to pick with the MLB. Uh, the Padres are going to win 100 games. They are going to be the second-best team in the NL, and they're still going to have to play in a wild-card game. I like that they reward division winners. I think it's important. But I think there's got to be – they got to do it where it's just – the it's the division winner, but then the seeding goes based on the games they won. Because the Padres winning 101 games to the Cardinals winning 92-93 and the Braves winning 93-94 – that just isn't fair because the Padres, you have to reward a team for winning 100 games and not be like, oh, one game playoff, you might be out of it. Do you favor an NBA-type structure where three of the top four teams have to be division winners, but it could be in any order depending on wins? I think, yeah, kind of like that. I think it should be the top division winners all get in and then it's the two wildcard teams, but then I think... After that, it should just be seeded. seeded. Yeah, yeah. The, you basically have two options to like correct what you want. You could either do straight seeding based on record and have the Padres two, or you expand the playoffs, basically. No, I don't want to expand the playoffs. I love the one-game playing game. Yeah. I think it's really fun. It's pro- provided some great games over the that Remember that Athletics-Royals game? Yeah. Like, that was an incredible game. I So I love the format. It's just I wish the Padres wouldn't have to play in that game because they're – the only detriment to the Padres is the fact that they're they have to be in the same division as the Dodgers, who are going to win 105 games. I'm I'm on the side of playoff expansion, because when they did obviously the shortened season last year, so they had the expanded playoffs. But those those little three game mini series, wild card series, were awesome. Yeah. I, I and, like and it, with, but just so many teams make the playoffs, right? But and teams series, that shouldn't make the playoffs make the playoffs, and I don't want I don't want to see the Anaheim Angels. At 500, make the playoffs. That's as simple as I can say it. They shouldn't make you. If you are a 500 ball club, you should not be in the playoffs. Then, uh, to play kind of devil's advocate on like the playoff layout last year, you would have never seen the Marlins in the playoffs the way they played beating the. Cubs. That was pretty it exciting to see them too. Playoffs. It was, was exciting. Yeah, I think the expanded playoffs is the way teams are going. If you look at it in the NHL, eight of 15 teams make the playoffs. Yeah. If you look at it in the NBA, eight of 15 teams make the playoffs. And a lot of those eight seeds are under 500. NFL, what do we have, seven now? 
Yeah. yeah, it's 14 total, I believe. But it's also like the parity in baseball is kind of like the NHL in some degree. Like you had the Nationals come like out of nowhere to win the World Series. It's not like the NBA where you're going to have the Knicks versus the Nets okay. and the Nets are going to sweep them. But like <clears throat> one more thing I have on the playoffs, um, I don't know if this like would make it better for the Dodgers Padres, Dodgers Padres um, NLDS, make it seven games. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like, it's more of a, like, okay, this is the best team that's going to come out of this. And then, um, so, yeah, I got the Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, Padres, and then my last team is going to be the Nationals. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. I think they have one of the better rotations in baseball. They have one of the better players in baseball. I think Juan Soto is going to have an actually incredible year. I like the pickup of Josh Bell. Um, Brad Hand to close close out games is a great addition. And then um, my team on the outside looking in the first one out, I think the Brewers – uh, I've been high on the Brewers. I know you aren't as much, but I think that that is a complete team, and I think they are going to be just behind the Cardinals cracking on the door. I just don't think they're going to make it in. Sorry, no. just going back to playoff format, there was uh, just a little tidbit. Back in February, Max Scherzer was asked about it. He's a noted psychopath, so I would uh, kind of take what he says with a grain of salt. But he, he said he'd be in favor of like a round-robin type format where it would be a two-week round-robin, and then the best teams out of that round-robin played in the CS. Okay, the only problem I have with that is the travel, unless you're doing it in a neutral area, because like, there's so much travel with that round-robin play. Right. I think it would be cool if they did a round-robin, maybe did it in a neutral site. Well, I, I, I it's like, obviously a pipe dream, but I think that'd be kind of cool. Honestly, though, but if you do the round-robin, there's really no like it really you don't really don't get rewarded for winning the most games in the season. That too. Unless, like, maybe you would just play all of your games at home, but I, I don't know. That's fair. I, it's a cool thing, like, to think of, but, like, in reality, it's, like, it's not Drunk that idea. very feasible. Drunk idea, round robin, weighted by how much you win in the regular season, just like they did it in the NBA this last year. NBA is just crazy. And then what do, you have in the, what do you have in the NL side? I literally have the same thing as you, and it's pretty weird. But I have the oh, Cubs. Wait. I have the Cubs on the out, man, out, woman out. So AL side was the Astros for the odd man out. And then, um, so going back to the AL, my breakdown is in that wild card game, uh, I have it as the Twins Rays. I think the Twins will beat the Rays. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like the Rays took a step back. I know they'll start Glass now, but Glass now could go six innings, no hit baseball, and then they pull them, and then something will break down. Um, so then you'd get the White Sox-Astros matchup. You get a Yankees-Twins matchup. Uh, White Sox over the Astros in five games. Uh, I think that White Sox team is all, is very talented. I really like the addition of guys like Hendricks, uh, Lancelin. So I think that'll take them to the ALCS. And then the Yankees over the Twins in three because uh, we know that the Twins cannot beat the Yankees. They can't win a playoff game. Cannot beat the Yankees. So, And then um, finally, that would set up my ALCS matchup of Yankees versus White Sox. Uh, I like the Yankees over the White Sox in six games. I am high on the White Sox, but I think they are just a year or two away, maybe one or two pieces. Guys like Nick Madrigal really stepping up um, from having a really World Series contender team. So I think they fall short, and I would put that that would make. And what I believe and what I've said for years is uh, this feels, and it really should be. This is a season the Yankees at least need to make the World Series, and I think they will. What do you got on your side? Yeah, you say. Like you're saying that, yeah, because of it's a light AL. Like it's just you have to, you have to, you have to. There's no excuse. With there is no how this AL structure and the, the strong NL that's out there. Like you need to make the World Series. At this point, um, I have the Jays against the White Sox in a 
uh, wild card. White Sox winning that game. So they're facing off against the Yankees and then the Twins and the A's on the other side. I got Yankees in five. I think that's going to be a grueling series if that comes to fruition. And that's, that should be like an ALCS, but I don't think it will come out that way. Then I got <clears throat> the Twins against the A's. I got the A's in four. I got the Twins winning one game, breaking the streak, but they're not winning anything else. <laughs> and then um, I say the Yankees beat the A's handily in five to reach World Series. Yeah, and I have a question for both of you. Do you think if the Yankees if the Yankees win a hundred games this year, yeah, and they don't make the World Series, do you think Aaron Boone's gone? No, that's just not how they work. I just don't know. Like, the, not at all. I don't. It doesn't matter how many games you win. If, the, listen, I we are one of the few franchises in baseball that it, it does not matter what you do. All that matters is we win the last game of the season. We haven't even made. Maybe the World if the Series. boss was still we around, made, yeah. But not we now. haven't made the World Series in a decade. It's the first decade in history of baseball we haven't made. I the don't. World Series. I don't think he's gone, but I think it may put him on the hot seat. Yes, I do believe who it would put more on the hot seat would be Cashman, though. If he doesn't make any moves, if he doesn't make any moves, and they don't make the World Series, I do believe that he might possibly be in the hot seat. I think he has a job for life. I, I think do too. I think him. he is. Just, yeah, I just think he's been so good for so long that no, I think the hot seat would have to be Aaron Boone, and like you have to make the World Series. The AL is not good this year. You you have to make it. There. You have a couple teams that are young and promising. You lost to but a that's team it. like the Rays, who like happened to just. They should never beat the Yankees. The Rays have $100 million less than a payroll. And going back down to the NL, I got the Dodgers being the Padres in five. That's going to be an awesome series if that hopefully happens. Uh, Padres being the Nats, of course, and then Dodgers, Padres in five. Uh, The Braves being the Cardinals in four, so then setting up for another L.A. Atlanta. And this time, Atlanta will win in seven. Um, so, like you, I have San Diego beating uh, the Nats. I think that San Diego Padres team is too good. I think the San Diego Padres, if they get in a one-game playoff, although I was saying it is kind of a detriment to baseball, the San Diego Padres could throw out Darvish. They could throw out Snell. They, they could throw out Paddock. That's, they could throw out all of them. Yeah, they could throw out all of them. I think they win that game. Um, setting up L.A.-San Diego, which my real problem with the playoffs is L.A.-San Diego should be – a five-game, a seven-game NLCS series. Those yeah. are going to be the two best teams in the NL. I don't think it's going to be close. I think based on numbers, it's not going to be close. And I think based on the eye test. I think I, you're really discounting Atlanta. I don't. Especially with Soroka coming back. Uh, I understand. They're playing in a gauntlet, though. Yeah, I, like they play a lot of good teams. I think the Padres are going to be phenomenal. But I do think <laughs> the Dodgers are just a little bit better. They added a guy like Trevor Bauer, I think. That means a lot. I think David Price is going to really have a bounce back year. Dustin May is going to be pitching with confidence. A guy like Julio Urias, who won World Series MVP, is going to definitely be pitching with a different level of confidence. They're the best team in baseball. Uh, so I think they take down the San Diego Padres in five. Um, I also have Atlanta beating Seattle. Uh, it's not Seattle, St. Louis. Uh, I have that going to a five-game series because I think those, t- those two teams are actually a lot closer than most people think. Um but I have Atlanta moving on to five, and then I have L.A. again beating Atlanta in the NLCS in six games. The Atlanta – no, the, the Dodgers are just better. I, they, in every aspect of the game, they're better. Hey, Atlanta was up 3-1 without Soroka, and they almost beat them. So uh, that sets up my Yankees-Dodgers World Series. Uh, a Yankees-Dodgers World Series 
might be the best matchup in baseball. That's what the world wants. It's the two biggest markets in baseball. Uh, I want it. It hasn't happened in 50 years. It's a real sight to see. I really, really hope it happens. We've, I've wanted this for years. Um, and I think that the Yankees take down the Dodgers to win their first World Series since 2009 in seven games. And I think Aaron Judge is your World Series MVP. And I got the Yanks in six against Atlanta. Glaber as the MVP. And I just love that matchup because it's going to piss off John Smoltz once again. Garrett Cole pulling off the Madison Bumgarner and winning World Series MVP on my card. I could see that. He's definitely that type of person where he'll go. One, four, one, five, and seven. Yep. Now transitioning into the weekly prospect corner. Josh? Yeah, so as you guys know, uh, I will be doing prospects that the Yankees are looking to draft. So college, high school guys, Cap, we will be looking in-house at prospects already in the system. Uh, this week, I'm looking at a, a third baseman from Louisville. His name is Alex Benalis. Uh, Benalis. <clears throat> I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Um, he's a 20-year-old, 20-year-old third baseman from Louisville. He's 6'3", 210. He hits left, throws right. Uh, he was actually drafted in 2018 in the 35th round, so didn't really mean a whole lot. Um, by the Washington Nationals, he was picked 1,061. Uh, another guy out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had a run of pretty good players a few years, including guys like uh, Jared Klenix out of Wisconsin. <laughs> he won Wisconsin uh, Athlete of the Year. Uh, and he's currently the ninth-ranked prospect in um, in college baseball. Um, his grades pan out to is a 50. Obviously, these are on a 20 to 80 grading scale. He has a 50 to he has a 50 hit uh, grade, a 45 run grade, a 45 fielding grade. His power grade is at a 55, which is actually a very plus grade for um, college and high school prospects. He has an arm grade of 55, and overall he's a 55 out of 80. Uh, he has a left. He's a left-handed power hitter, something I think the Yankees kind of value, considering we have a bunch of righties on our team. Uh, more importantly, though, he's a constant contact hitter that can hit to all all aspects of the field. Uh, he's comfortable using any part of the strike zone to push balls the other way. He can pull balls. Uh, he can pull balls when they're inside. Uh, and with that power, what an idiot! It was a tough play. Center fielder on Philly Error. dived and missed the ball. PC Error. principal. Um, is that a Drupal Pereira? Yeah, oh, Drupal Pereira. Yeah. Glenn Frazier with a single. Yeah. So uh, he he has. The ability to hit all—he has the ability to hit the power both opposite field and um, to his strong field. And however, the one downgrade with him is he is kind of a defensive liability, especially at third base. Um, scouts are really worried about his hands uh, at the hot corner. They question his footwork, and he has a very funky throwing motion. He does have a, the power to get it across the field. That's not really the problem, but it is a funky throwing motion that allows balls to sail at times. Um, however, a lot of scouts project because he has a plus 60 time, he is a, he will be able to move to a uh, left or right field corner, outfield corner position pretty easily. So that could pretty much negate any worries you have with him at the hot corner. Uh, and it's not like the Yankees are afraid to go after guys that are that have question marks at the hot corner, guys like Miguel Andujar. If they hit the Yankees, this is somebody a guy would like to – this is somebody that kind of fits that mold of the Yankees and being lefty. Uh, his freshman year, he had 14 home runs. He only played in two games last year, so he's a little coming back from injury this year. However, this is a guy that a lot of scouts are high on, especially because of how consistent he is at the plate. Um, they do value it as 
uh, something that could be definitely worked into to create a major a major league player and a very good major league player. Uh, currently, they I have I've seen him in a couple drafts going as high as 15. I've seen him in a couple drafts going uh, going as low as like 22. Um, the sweet spot is really around 18 to 20. As the as you guys know, the Yankees have the 20th pick, so if he falls, could definitely be somebody we're targeting. Uh, again, that is Alex Benelius. Uh, third baseman out of Louisville. You can catch him playing college baseball this year. I know he's been off to a rough start, but he's picked it up the last few games. Uh, definitely somebody you can see him drafting. Definitely somebody I would be excited about them drafting because of the ability to hit for power, but also consistently in all aspects of the field is definitely huge. So, uh, yeah, that's my prospect for this week. Cappy, I know you got two. What do you got? As promised, since I did not have one last week, I have two this week for you beautiful listeners. Uh, fun little coincidence, I also have someone drafted in the 35th round, Austin Wells. He was drafted in the 35th round by the Yankees in 2018 at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Opted to go to college at the University of Arizona. Yankees drafted him once again with uh, the 28th overall pick. He has not played in the Yankees organization yet, obviously because of last year and COVID. There was no minor leagues. He's 21 years old, lefty batter, offensive catcher. Been consistent in spring training, too. Yep. He's a quick, controlled stroke. He recognizes pitches well, and he manages the strike zone, and he uses the whole field when he hits. He's a little shaky as a catcher defensively, but the Yankees have been encouraged at what they've seen behind the dish. And one thing to look out for with him is they could perhaps convert him to maybe a first baseman or a left fielder, a la Kyle Schwarber, just because of that defensive shakiness and his plus bat. Uh, ETA on him would be around 2023 as he's nowhere near ready for MLB action yet. Second guy I have is a pitcher, Luis Gill. He's uh, 22 years old. He's a right-handed pitcher, and he was signed as an international free agent by the Twins in 2015. He was traded to the Yankees for Jake Cave prior to having to expose Cave to the Rule 5 draft. His fastball is consistently around 95 to 98, and he does hit 100 miles per hour multiple times a game throughout innings. He has a power slider. It's mid-80s, and sometimes it does look like a 12 to 6 curveball. It's a pretty good put-away pitch. He has a changeup that can hit 90. It's a little bit inconsistent, and he is working on it. He doesn't have very good control. He does need to throw more strikes and refine pitches better to be a starter. Right now, it's looking more so that he'll be reliever and does have the potential to be a closer. He has a hard fastball and a put-away slider, which is two good things to have as a closer. His ETA is 2022, but one thing to note is he is already on the Yankees' 40-man roster. So if they do want to try him out at some point this year, maybe in some low-leverage situations, or if there are some injuries, you may see him up in the majors for a few innings this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm high on Austin Wells. Uh, I saw him play at Bishop Gorman, obviously. Las Vegas kid represent. Um, I loved when the Yankees drafted him, and more importantly, he was the guy that when he got drafted, his family went insane on that video. So he was so excited to be. Oh, yeah, a I do remember that. He was so excited to be a Yankee. Uh, he, he was excited to kind of get here, work through spring training. Um, like Cappy said, they the Yankees organization has been very impressed, very impressed with his progress, especially on the defensive end. And uh, definitely has a plus bat. I'm very excited. I, I really think that kid's going to be a very good player one day. All right, boys. Thanks for doing that prospect corner as it's weekly on this pod. I'm going to dive into uh, something that's coming up in the summer. And we have two international tournaments in the next year. So we got 
Olympic baseball come up in July as the Olympics were pushed back from because of COVID. I uh, year love the after. Olympics, man. Yes, I, I love the Olympics. Like those two week events, just so I just stay inside and just watch all those events. It's so amazing. Winter or summer? What do you like better? Now, see, I've been like on and off like throughout these years. Like I usually love the winter better because. Something about those short swimming events gets me going. Really but the, like yeah, the su- swim. I like summer well, so much. Swimming, better. like, that's the best event at the Olympics, like, Dude, but sw- ever. And then you get, like, badminton and ping pong, and it's electric. Water polo? Yeah, water polo is sick, too. Water polo is sick. But I love all, like, the speed skating, too, of the winter. Like, I love that shit. The it's winter, so the winter, the cap. And when they have hockey too. back, too, uh, it's even better. I like the alpine skiing where you then shoot too. That's oh, yeah, cool. the cross uh, country, yeah, skiing, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool too. Curling, I love the Olympics. Well, man. I was Winter up at four in the morning watching the U.S. team win curling for the first time in like fifty years. Bobsled, luge, yeah. electric, and when I'm betting I mean, on, dude, and that skeleton thing they do yeah. is scary. I don't know if I could do. I want to do it, but I don't know. If I, I also it. never bet on the Olympics yet. And I cannot wait to bet this summer on the Olympics. It's gonna be the sickest thing ever. Everything is about Phelps, everything Phelps about the Olympics. Now he retired. No, no, he's done. Ah, that sucks. He's, honestly, you could drop him in a pool. The girls' like swim team is like put on very forty well. pounds since he's retired. Really? He's still gold. Yeah, that was electric. <laughs> yeah, he was still winning gold. No, the Olympics. So back to the um, U.S. the uh, baseball party Olympics. It's the first time since what? Oh eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Uh, Japan won the last, or South Korea won the last gold medal. Oh really? I did not know that. Yeah. And they're so they're having a qualifying tournament in June, uh, hosted in Florida. Four teams already qualified before the COVID pause: is Japan, Israel, South Korea, <clears throat> and Mexico. So the winner of this tournament, which features two groups, which is Group A, uh, USA, uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, and Group B is Cuba, Venezuela, Canada, and Colombia. The USA is a top-ranked team, but the winner of this gets that fifth bid. Fifth bid. In um into the Olympics and then in Taiwan later that month the second third teams have a chance to um, qualify as well. And just a note on that because of COVID and all those restrictions and whatnot, the USA can actually field two completely different teams for those two events. Yeah, so they could put one team in Florida, one team in Taiwan, and they're also having like different coaches too because Scott Brocious was the head coach um during the. Pre, uh, one of the qualifying events. I think it was in Japan. But now it might be a new coach, too. Yeah. I, I imagine it'd be Jim Leland. Why? Well, he, he, he did the World Baseball, baseball Classic, Classic, but yeah. yeah. But like it usually fluctuates a lot. And that's the same thing with the roster. We don't even know what the roster is going to look like. And Well, what what managers are out of baseball now that could manage that team? Um, Who's the old Oriole coach that was? Um, kind well, of, Jim yeah. Leland could. Could be Buck. It could be Buck Showalter, yeah. Oh, I could see that. I could definitely see it being Buck Showalter. Yeah, I think it would, yeah. Like that, that would make sense for me. But it the roster is going to fluctuate too because we don't really know the rules, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, I bet the old Twins manager would do it too. Uh, Gardenheimer. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's not really set. So originally, pre-COVID, what it was was players who were not on the forty-man roster were eligible for the Olympics. But then, right before COVID, they changed it. They said if you're on the forty-man roster, you can do it as long as you're in the minors. But now there's some pushback saying that they want players who are in the MLB to do it, but no one's going to go. Yeah. So it's still just crazy up in the air what the roster eligibility will look like for the Olympics itself. I would love to see a guy like Austin Wells on that roster. It also sucks, too, because I would love to see, like, MLB talent. Thank God we have the WBC. But, like, 
we can't really do that in the middle of a 162 well, game season. Yeah, like, like, and that's why it was taken out of the Olympics. Like the the, NHL is having a hard time doing that in the yeah, Winter Olympics. Would they take? Do they take a two week break for the Olympics in the NHL? Right? Yes, they have done that. But like the MLB is just too long. There's to been a lot of injuries too that like really like all right. The NHL doesn't want to do this anymore. Oh, like who? Like John? Like John Tavares, who we don't talk about on this podcast. But I just yeah. said it. Um, also, about. one more. I mean, we respect John Tavares for going home. Absolutely, oh, yeah. we're a John Tavares podcast. Pro John Tavares. No, we're not John Tavares podcast. I don't think we are. I think, no. Yeah. No. Yep. no. Maybe that's I think two. two out of the three. That's why. Why do we get like? <laughs> I should not have brought this up. But okay, <laughs> he's my captain. One more tidbit. Uh, Adam Jones has expressed interest. <laughs> I, mean, I think it was a smart. Oh God, can I just talk about Adam Jones? We're done with John Tavares. Okay. Before we talk about this being a hockey podcast, okay? Pajama boy. Okay. <laughs> We done? Maybe. Okay. Adam Jones has expressed We're interest. We're the captain of our team. Okay. We're the captain of our heart. Okay. You want to close it out now? Because I'm done. <laughs> no, Adam <laughs> Jones. No, we were listening. Okay. We were listening. Done? Yeah, listening. Okay. We're here. So, maybe. Wouldn't it be cool to see Adam Jones back in baseball? I would love to see yes. Adam Jones okay. back in baseball. Yeah, because remember that? Uh, he rocked oh, Manny Machado. Machado. Manny the World Baseball that Classic. That was so sick. Do you know who the picture of the USA team was for that? Marcus Sherman. No, it no. was it was uh, Tyler Clipper. Tyler Clipper, dude. <laughs> Stupid Rex yeah. Rex. Yeah, and he was like, he said, oh my God, as he caught it. I remember that. Yeah, of course he's giving up home runs. He was terrible as Yankee. And he might be one of the worst Yankees I've ever seen. Him I think Chris Carter. Chris we watched Carter that, that in uh, my sophomore year dorm room at St. John's. We couldn't find the English version. So we're listening to this in Spanish <laughs> as he's catching the ball, which is like electric, too. <laughs> the Spanish announcers go hard. Who's the Yankee radio one? Um, Pedro. No, it's not. Some I, I forgot. So I'm not going to come up with it. Isn't it the guy that does the ESPN Deportes? Yeah, that's something with an R. But I've, uh, moving on. But yeah, I would love to see Adam Jones back at, on the uh, international level. It's baseball. just going to be nice to see bat- baseball back on the international level. I know it's not going to have pros, but like baseball is a sport that should be in the Olympics. The NBA is like. Hockey is – it should be in the Olympics. I'm glad it's back. Um, I hope they add lacrosse too, just a little lacrosse. And play. same thing like softball as well. I don't know like what's the story with that. They should also So I do think that. the biggest problem that the IOC has with baseball and softball at the Olympics is like with these with these events, with these all these other events, they're all timed. You know how long they're going to go. With baseball, your game could go on forever. You could have a long inning. You could but have so a is the game. hockey thing. No, other than overtime, there's three 20 minute periods. Oh, and then it's a shootout in overtime. It's not right. It's yeah. an overtime and then it's a shootout. In baseball, there's no real set time for a game, so I think that's what the IOC kind of struggles with the scheduling of it. Yeah, but that's not going to like you're not taking up a field like from someone else. Right, but you have to get it all in within a two week period, and if you have two games starting back to back, and one of them's pushed way back, and uh, you can't. Play honestly, my my thing with it though is it's one of the the big- NBA is in the Olympics, and that sport is overly dominated by one team. Whereas if you added baseball, like several teams could win it. Well, yeah, Cuba, like the USA isn't guaranteed to win. Cuba in has the most medals in Olympic baseball history. Yeah, USA like, in the a- NBA. There is no question who is going to win the Olympics in the NBA. On both I, sides, I believe they've played on it both six. sides of women. Yeah, like, it, they get it's murder. It's it's not fun to watch the USA. Beat it's a free by gold. Like you're yeah. placed it on the melt melt count. I think they've played baseball six times. US has one gold medal, three bronzes, no silvers. Cuba has like three golds. It's a Japan tough tournament. Two. I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it is way more of a world sport than. I know the NBA has a lot more leagues across the world and is 
more it's higher it has a higher viewership across the world but it, it like those leagues don't compare to the NBA so the only problem with baseball is a lot of the Olympic countries and a lot of the countries that are successful at the Olympics come from Europe and baseball doesn't have as much of a presence in Europe they're starting to try to get it with that that's why they go to Britain and stuff like that and but it's more of a it's more of an Americas yeah. Latin Americas and yeah. Asian sport. Mm. And yeah. they're also growing camps in like the uh, Netherlands and all that. Like yeah, they're trying to do it with the Netherlands team, Sir Didi. Yeah, exactly. And um, Gene Segura's from there too. I think they play on the Didi same stinks. team. Didi is not a stink. Okay. And Didi is 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 from Curacao. It's a loophole. Curacao is a property of Netherlands because they're still colonial, apparently. Dude, Didi is knighted. Well, you could say the same thing. You like, do whatever the hell he wants. Well, uh, like a rod, like a rod coming from the Dominican, and then like or. But he could play for Team USA if he wants to. I would imagine he would play for Team USA. I don't know, but I'd probably play for Team USA. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Definitely would play for Team USA. But like, there's a lot of factors like that too. Like you have dual citizenship and play for the team, the country you want. Yeah. All right, Josh, you want to close this up? Yeah. So as Will said, we this will be the last time we are doing this podcast during spring training. Thank God. We yeah. Thank I, I like we spring training was exciting. It was nice to see the boys back, but there's really nothing better than opening day. We finally get opening day. We start the season with the uh, Jays. We play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll probably actually pod during the Sunday game. Uh, well, I, we haven't really discussed this yet, but I am thinking of doing an emergency podcast, knee-jerk reactions to the opening day. I would love to do maybe that. A nice little, uh, maybe a nice little 30-minute tidbit. We could do that, too. And I think we're, we're actually going to try to go... We're going to live record ourselves and do like some clips. We're going to go to like a New York City bar and... See, like, yeah, try to and, get some live reaction. And um, even on a bigger note, I we have been discussing going two pods a week for regular season. Yeah, depending on the schedule, we want to do like after every series. Like that's if it falls along that week, we'll do a pod at, twice a week. But who knows? Yeah, so uh, definitely keep on the lookout for that. But oh boy, is it a great day! It feels like it's been forever. Uh, it's been over two years since we're gonna get. Fans in the stadium. Garrett Cole is finally going to pitch in front of the last fans he's ever going to pitch, Yankee fans. Uh, he'll never pitch in front of another franchise, hopefully. And I'm excited. I know Cappy and Will, I can speak for all of us when we say we could not be more excited. Uh, thank you for listening for episode, to episode five of Calling Our Shot podcast. Catch you on the flip. Thursday at 1 o'clock. Yankees are back. <laughs>